0: Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guest discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience as a field, and to share our members' stories. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Turkey Call All Access podcast, official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation, brought to you by Tetra Hearing. This week and the next couple weeks, man, it was a super, uh, super time on the road, living out of suitcases, back of vehicles, tents and the like, uh, this week I'm bringing you, bringing you a show from, uh, Jason Matzinger's famous wall tent Turkey camp, uh, in the hinterlands of Montana. We're joined by Jason Matzinger, Tom Petrie, Sam's Holt, three guest panel, uh, guests of friends that were also there. Um, Zach, Dylan, Matt from Onyx, some other good folks, and, and new friends in the audience as well uh, from Tom's team. Uh, Willie was there. Next week, or the next episode, we drop. You're going to hear from Jana, and then we take the show to Georgia where we're catching up with my good buddy, Darrell Smith in Georgia. Uh, turkey Trek, Trek for Turkeys, uh, was ongoing during this travel week, so you'll hear that referenced. So, um, you know, this was our our Turkey Trek covering uh, crisscrossing the landscape. Fun conversation here, guys. We're, we're running the gamut. We're, we're talking about uh, everything that is Montana, the the nuance of that landscape. and and what it's like to hunt those birds and and not the not so easy, easily hunted Miriams, uh, fire. Uh, what that means out west? Different land use laws, different types of land use. Um, you hear these acronyms and and these terms bantied about. Well, we're gonna talk to folks that live it. They're there. They're they're residents. They they can expound on some of this stuff. Uh, friends from Onyx can tell you a little bit more. Or they they do contribute to the conversation here. So a whole lot to unpack. A whole lot of fun stuff. Uh, Lots, lots of laughs had in just a, a really solid camp full of just fantastic human beings. And so thankful for the opportunity to get out there and cover this. We're going to hear all that in 90 seconds. Let's go. Picture this.
1: The sky full of birds. A good dog by your blind. And the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. And the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled. Your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. Dominate the skies.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.
3: This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call all-access podcast hosted by my good buddy, Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts.
0: Coming to you live, wild <laughs> turkey camp
4: in Montana. Oh Nailed God. it. Mm-hmm. You driving, Fred?
0: Yeah, man. We're I mean we're going now, so I, I like all this uh, extra I love it. As we we do apologize
4: about the wood shoving in, no, comment.
0: Oh, we were live. We were live. Oh, yeah. Okay.
4: No, it's, it's all
5: good. What's Welcome. Your name? What's your name? Who
4: are you from?
0: Where
5: you're from? Who who we're from? I'm from my parents. There it is. (laughs) Uh, My name is Sam Soholt. I am from South Dakota. No, I live in North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in South Dakota. I live in North Dakota now. Uh, Hoping to move back west at some point. Uh, I am a professional photographer, videographer, and, I don't know, conservation advocate.
4: Very good. Yeah. Where are you from? That's a tricky question, because it is. It's like, where were you? My wife was asked this one time, and the, the woman looked at her and she said, where do you live? <laughs> it's like, okay. So, uh, Tom Petrie, I am from Ohio. That's where I live. Not born and raised, but that's where I live. Uh, I am a TV show host and educator in outdoor video production and a uh,
6: professional producer in the outdoor industry. Awesome.
4: That's what I do. And I love it.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, my name is Jason Matzinger. And uh, I also am a GER. I think I threw a (laughs) little extra on the (laughs) G. You can pronounce it however you'd like, as long as you remember it. Um, I also do outdoor television production going into the 13th season of Into High Country and also a conservation advocate.
0: Awesome. So I feel largely, largely inadequate for what I'm doing, and with the uh, talent in front of me and uh, the the talent sitting outside in the rain, it is not pouring. You (laughs) got a heck of a crew. You gonna
5: want to bring it in? (laughs) I did look at the radar. It's not gonna last very long. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
4: You think we can, Fred? Can we get an applause from the crowd? You think think we get a? Let's hear you. There it is. There it's very is. nice. Yeah. Thank, it's very nice. Guys. Thank you very much. It's, it's a huge honor. We appreciate it's you guys. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So we are on location here in uh, the hinterlands of the great state of Montana at the uh, acclaimed and famous and uh, lore and legend uh, Wall Tent Turkey Camp. I can't tell you where it is because I will definitely uh, be strung up in the tree with the rest of the turkeys, uh, but we're here. We are. And uh, we're podcasting and uh, we've been in camp for about two days, and so much cool stuff has gone down. And we're surrounded by so much talent, so many great minds, and this unique opportunity uh, to bring some some really great conversations to the audience, uh, all in one place, live, and not through Zoom or or freaking any of the other um, team <laughs> chats or whatever. So, it's been a great opening uh, couple days, right? So everyone got into town Monday it's tuesday as we're as we're doing this late tuesday evening going into wednesday and um already we've had success i mean the whole thing is a success everyone's here everyone got here safe right um this area of the country is coming a guy from the east the northeast specifically is fantastic i've always known it's fantastic i know it's always beautiful but they run around these these hills the this terrain is so unique and it's it's it changes, man. It goes from being like super nice and calm and it gets crazy aggressive with these plateaus and these mountains, these deep caverns. It's like, I'm going to get lost down there and die and never come out. And <laughs> I hope I get a turkey before I do. Like this is just this is an awesome gathering of people. And Jason, you you've organized it with Onyx and, you know, talk about the lineage, like where did it all start and, and, and get us, you know, to this this cool gathering here under this tent?
6: Well, I mean, to take it all the way back, it started with elk hunting and coming into this area. When I was still in high school, my family actually owned some property in this area. And so we came down here, had a cabin. And yeah, for a few years, I bow hunted this area. And I remember turkeys were never really my thing. And uh, one fall, we were driving out in this great big tom ran across the road in front of us. And I remember just looking at my buddy, like we had seen a ghost or something. We were like, dude, that was a turkey. <laughs> I had no idea there was turkeys in this area. So that following spring, we were kind of looking for an area to go, you know? And I, like I said, knew nothing about him. And I was like, well, I saw a turkey one time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this one time.
6: <laughs> and so we came down here and we didn't kill one. We did kind of get into one goblin and, I remember we had one box call between the three of us <laughs> and uh, we got into one bird gobbling and uh, never could put it together. But it kind of, you know, kind of got you excited and made you realize what people loved about doing this and hearing gobbles and seeing them strut and all that. And it was like, man, I would love to get just a little bit closer next time, <laughs> you know. So it that really is what sparked a tradition. I mean... Me and my friends through high school, my dad and his friends would come out here hunting. And through the years, we kind of learned it, honed our skills, got more successful, and then kind of found myself with a career in the hunting industry. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, Tim Inslee, who's way into the turkeys. Oh, and yeah. and And uh,
0: Tim loves it. Yeah.
6: We were... Having dinner at ATA one year, and he was like, Man, it is my dream to come out west and hunt turkeys. And I said, Well, come on out. It's no big thing. I mean, I'd be happy to show you. And so he came out and just, we had a ball. I mean, half of the time was really good turkey hunting, and half of it we were holding down the tent and it was (laughs) snowing. And
0: nothing's (laughs) changed, apparently. (laughs) Right,
6: exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, He was just so wowed by it. And the next year we went back to ATA and we're hanging out with people and telling the stories and more and more people just kind of wanted to come out here. And so more people got invited the next year. And here we are. I think we've been trying to figure out exactly how many years it's been.
4: I think we landed on 10.
6: Yeah, we're we're definitely around the 10, 11 year mark that this has become a yearly tradition of Walton Turkey Camp. And it's kind of amazing because several of those years, we didn't kill birds, nobody. Mm -hmm. And people would travel for like thousands of miles (laughs) and we wouldn't kill birds and they would come back the next year. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's kind of what led us here today. And so now we have kind of the uh, grandfathered in crowd as well as, you know, each one of them sort of bring somebody new every year and. It's, uh, we've are actually tied with the best year we've ever had right now. And we're only, a, yeah, day and a half right. through.
0: Yeah, It's an incredible, I started off saying, you know, the, the terrain itself is, you know, is was just immaculate, but uh, tooling around here for, for a day, turkey hunting all day. I mean, there's a lot of birds here. Like there's a lot of birds here.
4: Yeah. it's, 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 pain. it's, <laughs>
0: it's what it's what like i i would attribute like the northeast where i'm from new hampshire maine specifically is like a sleeper state so many birds there's a great um confluence of 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 terrain there's this this uh, you got a you got mountains you got big woods it's it's, it's everything the turkeys living it all Mm -hmm. so it gives you this great opportunity to go wherever you want to do and, and and pursue what you want to pursue um my mistake by announcing Maine and much of what I'm doing with Montana is people are going to flock to here, but they're already flocking because when I flew in here, I think I ran into at least a dozen Turkey hunters in Billings. Half of the guys had their, Decoys is carry on. You know, it's like, bro, good for you. I didn't bring the decoys, but like you, you could pick them out in a crowd and we all start looking at each other at the carousel, like, where are you going? Where are you going? It like, quickly was like, hey, you're rad. And then it was like, wait, where are you going?
6: For <laughs>
4: <real>. <laughs>
6: well, this area we're hunting that butts up next to Glacier National Park is kind of a well kept secret. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'd like to keep it that yeah, way, you know? No,
4: it's perfect. Starting to <laughs> it is starting to pour it is yeah. that's the funny part that's what you're we all laughing about yeah <laughs> oh, the rain oh, the rain yeah. yeah it was definitely <laughs> how funny the rain is how long have you been coming the whole deal uh, no um the first year it was just you and tim wasn't it yeah year one yep. uh mm-hmm. so i came second year i got invite to uh to come out here and, uh, I, I have missed a couple of years in between, but, uh, you know, nine since, since year one, when I yeah. was in, first invited. So yeah. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully many more that's for dang sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it as you know, to kind of go off what Jason said, I think it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not we kill a turkey, but we, I don't think we're killing more turkeys now because there more are more turkeys Although there may be, I think we've learned how to hunt them, because I know year one when I came here, I'm from the Midwest, and I, God, like, oh, we're gonna set up, we're gonna set our decoys, we're gonna call them in, they're gonna walk in, and we're gonna shoot
6: them. <laughs> set up the it's just, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Got the blight, we're
4: staking it down, <laughs> setting up camp, and that's just not how it happens. No. Uh, and when you learn that, and obviously we all have, and and that's I think one of the reasons we can attribute to having. Uh, more and more success each year, because I think I want to say it's only been the last four, maybe five years where we've killed more than five birds in an entire camp. And we're at seven already in 24 hours. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, granted, I'm sure there's, there's a lot that can be attributed to conservation efforts through NWTF, actually for getting more for birds sure. in the area, but I think it's more, it's, it's more so our talent level and skill sets. Wouldn't you say? So. <laughs> <I> would <absolutely.
0: laughs> Not I would at all. Absolutely <laughs> say that. Talent
4: skill sets way it's definitely up our up. hunting ability.
0: <laughs> well, Sam, you got a bird this morning. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, this afternoon, well, this afternoon, actually. rather. Yep. 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 Uh, Again, talent level. Uh, skill talent. Level. talent level. <laughs> he took his yeah. big
3: public
5: lands, Bus and ran that son of a bitch yeah, over pretty I much yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah I, well I hit a lot of birds with all my vehicles so yeah just one more on the list this one I got to put a tag on not on purpose yeah <laughs> yeah I did kill a bird today uh it was an awesome day it was yeah. uh I've hunted birds in Montana for a couple of years now and uh they're frustrating because a lot of times you can get them to gobble uh and they'll keep hammering and then you move in on them and they shut up and they yeah. never talk again and I don't know how many birds that has happened on. Um, so it was fun to have some success in camp with people who were getting birds to come at, actually come in. And then uh, mine was a little bit more of a spot and stock situation, <laughs> but uh, sometimes you got
6: to make that happen. Right. Yeah. Which is exactly. us learning how to hunt yeah. these turkeys. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's all part Goes of that. Back to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you're just not going to sit on a, a friggin' a Milo patch and right. you know, work birds from one end of a field to another. Like. If you look at it, the terrain looks flat,
5: but in between there, there's two caverns that are friggin' 200 feet deep. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah it happened to me a few work. times today.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then when you drop
5: yep. into one of those drainages and you're like, oh, I just need to go down here a little bit. Well, then the drainage turns this yeah. way and turns this yeah. way and then it turns back that way. And all of a sudden you're going the complete wrong direction.
4: And um, you think the birds would never go down. You're like, oh yeah. no, well, they didn't go this
5: way because, and then all of a sudden you glass like, oh, there they are. Okay. <laughs> they yeah. did. I guess I need to go down yeah. there. But today I filmed a yeah. bird hiked to the highest peak in the whole area. I love and that then, he hiked. <laughs> I love that he I hiked. I, mean, I don't know. What else you call I, it? Longs I hikes. Yeah, I like that. He hiked. Yeah. I think he had a backpack on. He was wearing Chacos. Uh, <laughs> he hiked, went to the top of this, the highest peak in this whole area and pitched off. Uh, it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> is- Dylan, one of the guys, Dylan, spotted the bird and was like, there's a Tom right there. And I got the camera on him. Yeah, and he was he was spooked by us, of course, <laughs> and uh, our natural hunting prowess. And, uh, yeah, he walked right to the top and was just flew to the next county. So that happened that to insane. Jason and
0: I twice, and and uh, Lance today. I mean, we were walking out of a spot trying something, and then out of the corner of our eye, there's this spot running. You know, this black spot running up a damn hill, and and, and like getting after it oh, yeah. quickly and then getting to the top way faster we like, shit there goes turkey <laughs> and they they picked us off from so long i mean mm-hmm. that it, again it gets back to the challenge i mean the terrain but they can also see from oh, so far away and even though these birds out here are so under pressured i guess as it compares to other parts of the country like they still know they still get it like yep. my goose is cooked as it were yeah like these dudes are out here for nefarious reasons and i'm, I'm part of that equation yeah and they just they get out of dodge and then Seemingly disappear. They do. And there's nowhere for them to go except for these, these ditches or like the random trees that are around and yet they still evade us. How many years
4: have we talked about? Like we're take your best Turkey hunters in the country. Mm -hmm. The best Turkey hunters you can find. Yeah. Bring them here to this Turkey camp.
6: I mean, other than,
4: I mean, obviously outside of us, us three sitting here and I mean, (laughs) over by Glacier National So the bottom, right. Over by Glacier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anybody under the bottom, the top three, obviously you're talking about (laughs) four and below. Um, And, 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 and I'd love to see, I'd love to see if they hadn't hunted this country before, I'd love to see how they treat it. I'd love to see how they, you know, go about hunting these birds i i want to see if they're as shocked as we are as these birds just pitch off into this crazy 300 foot canyon like you said like it's not man yeah they do on. like 100 mm-hmm. percent yeah they hike they to hike, the top right to the top. <laughs> and then they just just pitch and and they do it every day and, and i mean we had a hunt this morning that just wowed us. And and, and, and I looked at the gentleman I brought with us on this trip, it's his first time out here. And I looked at him and I was like, welcome to Montana and Missouri, Missouri River Breaks turkey hunting. Cause this is exactly what it is. Day in and day out. This is what you deal with. It just mind boggles you every, every time. But so I, I mean, most people, I think that kill a bird out here are lucky, not us, no, obviously, clearly, <laughs> say, yeah, clearly. clearly. <laughs> but you're, if you, if you kill a turkey out of here, there's a lot of luck involved. It really is.
0: Well, I mean, the case in point, I mean, Jason and, and I, um, we, we struck birds right away. My mm-hmm. first thing this morning mm-hmm. and everything I heard, I was like, this is going to be a shit show. Let's just see how this <laughs> right. thing unfolds. And, and no, it was very textbook. Yeah, Like right. it was, it was, uh, you know, the
4: right it's the skill it's, it's once the skill set, again right? once again it's repeating itself <laughs>
0: it was the exception to the rule and but what was remarkable was the the train that was between us at first contact and where we eventually ran to set up on these birds to get ahead of them they closed a the distance in like record time i don't know if they like hiked up to the top of the pitch <laughs> and like flew to us
4: they
6: might have it man, happened <laughs> quick dear. yeah really yeah. quick they got there i quick. mean we kind of got out, you know, did a few location calls, didn't hear anything. And we're all kind of like walking in different directions, wandering around. And I'm like, oh, there's a turkey track in the road, like a fresh one. And so it's reassuring. And uh, we're, not a two minutes later, all no. of a sudden we hear them gobble, you know. Yep. And we're like, oh, they're right there. So I called one more time and they hammered right back. So then we do the scramble, everybody grabbing their stuff, yeah. and by the time we grabbed our stuff, I thought they could maybe see the truck. I mean, it sure. was that quick, and we so we basically had to use some of the terrain and get away from the truck and get set up to call them. To make sure that the way that they were going to come in, they wouldn't see the vehicle. That's the first I mean, time it I ever ran away quickly. from gobbling turkeys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Two we had to guys. go further. We did have to go sure. further yeah. from them yeah. just so <clears throat> when they did commit, they wouldn't see the truck. It happened quick yeah. when it did. Well, our, our birds, we had seven gobblers and three hens walk
4: just out of range of us today. And you know where they went? directly to our truck and I ain't, I ain't shitting <laughs> right to the truck they walked within 20 feet of the truck and went right by it True. as if it weren't even there they don't uh-huh. even care about the truck it's just <laughs> weird it's yeah every yeah not at all and i mean i i hunted in the midwest where they're not necessarily alarmed by the truck but they're not were walking you in to
6: glacier it. national
4: park so i was just <laughs> outside of glacier see? right on this <laughs> you were just really playing those
5: private I was right, lines. right on the, yeah. right, on the yeah. right
4: on the corner yeah. actually. Which, if not yeah. for our good friends yeah. at Onyx, right. we'd have no idea. Where we'd we have at. no idea, but I kn- <laughs> right yep. where Glacier was. Yeah, it was perfect.
1: <laughs> <An> idiot. Poor <laughs>
0: Before- <laughs> <laughs> Lance was was there with his archery tackle, and the whole deal was to set him up so he could get that shot. Like any turkey situation goes, when you've got mm-hmm. two guys going after it. Intended first shooter did not get the shot. Yeah. Always and the birds the worked goes. right to him. Yeah. And I could hear them spitting and drumming, which, you know, it's like, it's on, it's, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And they came right to him and then they banked a hard left away from him. And then they ended up in front of me and well, we dumped one. Mm-hmm. And then they did the mad scramble and thought it was going to happen. And
6: yeah, he came to full draw, just kind of got out of there too quick. The thing that kind of stands out to me about this hunt, I mean, other than the fact that it happened so quickly and it was great to have Fred out here once again, I've been, him and I have been chatting about getting you out here for a number of years now. Finally, we're able to put it together and, um, but I've never heard turkeys gobble in a series like they did today. Was incredible. We ended up with three, you know how Jake's will like kind of hammer all together and it goes for a little yeah. longer than normal. <laughs> you don't know what they're
0: doing. They're just like repeating off of
6: <laughs> yep. each other, right? Yep. Yep. Well, we had three like toms. good toms come in together. And so they have those more defined gobbles, but yep. they played off each other like Jake's. And but they didn't want to be like outdone. It
0: was all involuntary, like muscle spasms. They're like, you're
6: doing, I'm doing, I'm doing it. And exactly, it was crazy, and it went on forever. Right. <laughs> and I was stoked. I mean, yeah. the best part of what I got today, in my opinion, wasn't the video portion. It was that the, uh, audio yeah, yeah, clip sure. because yeah. I've just yeah. never heard three big toms play <laughs> off each. other. It was just like. They spazzed Just, out, man. They yeah, had no was, idea what they were doing. Yeah, it was day. wild.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's my new ringtone, if I can make it. Uh, <laughs> freak people out.
1: Picture this. The sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun... Better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. Dominate the skies.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation.
3: This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call all-access podcast hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts.
6: So that was cool. So the, yeah, he's like fifteen minutes deep into Montana turkey hunting. Yeah, shoots this bird, and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like not to call him a be- beginner because he's not slot. a beginner, oh, but like you'd be
0: for this area. For but sure. it's
6: like, okay, prepare to have your ass handed to you for the next twelve years. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Austin, the guy that we brought with us, I felt we didn't kill him. You know, we didn't kill that bird this morning, but I felt a lot the same because we had, I told you, we had seven gobblers. Oh, I saw the
6: footage. It's beautiful. Beautiful
4: footage. Seven gobblers, four mature toms, three hens, all roosted within 50 yards of us. They pitched down, of course, stay in that 70-yard range, hang up, just don't want to cross this little drainage. But nonetheless... This happened, this went on for 45 minutes. And when we got done, he looked over at me and we got together and he's like, dude, this trip could end now. And it, and it, it's made my trip. Like cool. it, It's it's worth it, you know? And so it was really cool just to see, like you said, a, a beginner, right? But <laughs> beginner's luck because the first thing I said, to him, I'm like, this doesn't happen yeah. here. <laughs> you don't roost a bird. <laughs> have seven tom or seven <laughs> long that doesn't happen it's never happened i don't think to any of us granted mm-hmm. we didn't kill them but i said no, so listen to back man. that
6: up not to interrupt but we have a zero just to four traditional turkey hunters out there yeah mm-hmm. i mean this is a true statement in those 10 or 11 years we have never once roosted a bird yeah till any time of the night <laughs> right. and went back in the morning and killed it. Right. Not one single time. And you guys and were I up at we 4 a.m.
4: 4 a.m. And under yeah. that tree. Under the tree. We were within 50 yards. Tom didn't even sleep last night. I actually, stuff. I actually don't even know how I'm awake right now. <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> but we were, we did everything right. And, and I hate to say this, but I think well, I don't hate to say it, but I think the fact of the matter is there were too many birds today. And that's why we didn't mm-hmm. kill. I mean, with that many toms and that many hands, it was just a matter of the flock. One pitched here, two, three, four, five, ten pitched Mm -hmm. there and they just had an agenda and they weren't going to come over to one hand decoy. That's right. They had no reason to. Hindsight, if I had a Jake there, maybe, you know, if I, but I I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about my spread. I hardly ever use decoys here. I wasn't thinking about what my spread looked like. (laughs) So, uh, but it obviously wasn't the right one to kill him, (laughs) but still wherever he is, and I don't even think he's in the room right now or whatever, but. Uh, Austin looked at you. I was like, "That was just freaking awesome!" And it was. It was an amazing morning, and mm-hmm. for me too. And I was just there to call in a bird for him. And I mean, unsuccessfully, one might say, but I think it was more about the experience for this sure. morning, just actually. To, to be, be
5: honest, that. yeah, just being able that's to what see
6: that. all TV guys. That's see. what we're <laughs> gonna say. It's more
5: about that was a successful experience. Uh, this is this is my first year in wall tent turkey camp, but last year hunted Montana <laughs> as well. And for anybody listening, you know that. When you get a midday gobbler going typically it's a success story you know if you can get a if you can get a tom fired up middle of the day they're coming in well last year in Montana in a different different area but you know, still Montana, same type of terrain. Not near Glacier Not, then? It, is what, no, okay. it was a little further from Glacier. Okay. Yeah, right. just, yeah. just checking. It was just north of Yellowstone. Okay. <laughs> right. right. Well, <laughs> we hunting, I was hunting on the Dutton Ranch. Okay, the Dutton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> last, last spring- No uh, train trip. <laughs> yeah. I, I struck up seven different midday gobblers and didn't kill one. And that seven. was- by far the most frustrating hunt turkey hunt that I had ever been on. Cause it like, typically, you know, like if you get on birds like that, it, something's going to go right at some point mm, and you're going right. to kill a bird. So right. felt good to taste a little success this year, a little yeah. different action, but yeah.
0: Sam, I want to ask you, like, I think out of this whole group, I mean, everyone here, I think you could call themselves a conservationist and we all do our part, but over the last handful of years, you know, you and, and, and public land teas are really, stepped up to the fore and and, and just quite frankly kicked a lot of ass at it you know you do a lot of research you do your homework what do you think has worked in this area you know going from when this started and jason was coming out here with tim and you know birds were kind of scarce maybe they didn't know what they were doing but in in large part the population wasn't there Mm -hmm. until today fast forward a decade seemingly there's a a hand a nice population of of beautiful birds out here with beautiful
5: terrain um and and they're doing quite well for sure well i think it's just yet another success story from organizations like nwtf you have people who you know you have a a growing community of turkey hunters and i think community is probably the right word i agree you know cult whatever you want to call it fair (laughs) you have a growing community of turkey hunters and more people that are passionate about protecting the species And then you have organizations like NWTF who are funding the research and the biologists and and studies figuring out what works in certain regions and what doesn't work in certain regions and then applying that science. And so you have populations growing. Now, obviously there's parts of the country where that population is declining, but like NWTF is hard at work figuring that out right now. And there's a lot of studies that are happening and amazing people out there that are doing very amazing things to figure out what we can do what we can do to further the sport for future generations. So I think it it all comes down to, you have hunters who are passionate about it and willing to spend the money to help fund the research, which then you can apply that science and make it work for everybody. What I love seeing out here is
0: the enthusiasm around it, right? It's not like it's a target of opportunity. Like people on this side of the globe are like purposely going after it, right? So this is exactly how I used to talk about fall hunting Back east, mm-hmm. it's like people would be in their deer stands, and bird happened to walk by. They had a tag in their pal, okay, and then and they it would target opportunity. Wow. But because that opportunity has now become a real pursuit and something to go after purposely, like there's there's a community around mm-hmm. it, right? So that's happening in the east out here, where you guys just have so many incredible opportunities in the fall with so many incredible species to to hunt. To pursue and, and, and study and, and just make your your life's wildest dreams come true you have this amazing opportunity in the spring and folks are realizing that i mean i coming in here i saw hunters on the road i saw people looking uh, i saw a game warden today which i didn't expect which to me communicates they're out here because they know there's hunters out here and if there's hunters out here that means people are getting after it mm-hmm. um and, and the state and this whole area has done such a good job in conjunction with state agencies with NWTF and volunteers, that you have this resource and it is a very purposeful opportunity
3: to get after.
6: Well, I can tell you. Um, so, oh, we're taking when we can uh, talk about this, f- this is um, all very fluid. The first uh,
0: Lance didn't kill a bird, so he's, he's our He's bar filling, bag. He's yes. filling no, drinks. I, I just,
6: yeah, got some help from my friends.
0: <laughs> um, Lance did fire an arrow today. <laughs> You did,
6: Lance. Yeah, I did.
0: Really? it was it was awesome. I was even so impressed. I don't. I don't want to stop your line of thought, but I do want to acknowledge <laughs> this bird uh, should not have even gotten full draw on, and Lance somehow snuck up on him, went to full draw,
4: and had his opportunity. So
5: wow, Lance is a
4: ninja. He,
5: you tra- are a
4: ninja, yeah.
0: Lance. Story. And the story. ground is very crunchy out here, so I don't know how you sneak up on <laughs> it anything. Is.
6: <laughs> it yeah. is. Please. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say along to piggyback off of your question, uh to Sam. Um when I first came out here, there were no, no turkeys at all. And actually, there's a rancher in this area that brought 25 of them in. <laughs> and he and I remember you would it was like a little gang. <laughs> you would see the the same little group. And I remember like <laughs> It grew for a while, then it would shrink for a while, then it would grow for a while, and nobody was hunting them. Like, it was just kind of cool to see them, you know? And then they started to blow up a little bit, and they started to take hold. And then I think probably hunter data supplied enough to the NWTF for them to put more research into here, which then led to burns. I remember... Lance and I were talking about it today one time, me and him and another friend of ours pulled up here. And this place was, I mean, it was on fire and there was BLM and, uh. It was
0: literally on fire. There was flames and smoke. Oh yeah. You're not saying the turkeys were gobbling. It was on fire. No,
6: I'm saying it was on, yeah, it was on (laughs) fire. There was big crews of BLM. (laughs) There was helicopters. There was BLM trucks all over. And uh that project was funded by state agencies as well as the NWTF and uh <clears throat> uh Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Yep. You guys partnered on that. Yeah. And uh did a controlled burn to remove juniper out of this area. And um after that, um you guys uh, like you said, there's a sign down here that yep. kind of recorded that. And then it was, uh, Zach, I don't know if you were here that year when across the river, Tim, were you? Yeah. When across the river was on fire, we were in camp and all of a sudden huge plumes started coming up and we got super nervous. <clears throat> were you here, Tom? I
4: wasn't. No. Mm-mm. Lance? No. Well, I missed. Yeah.
6: Um, anyway, we thought that it was a natural forest fire. Like we were scared. And so we, huh. we packed up camp cause it was getting lit up <laughs> And, uh, we went across the river, same thing, helicopters, big, all this stuff. And we ended up learning that was also a project through NWTF and the Rocky mountain elk. And so it's kind of been cool to see the progression from a little flock that started from a rancher who would just, he does own a ton of land in this area and, uh, put them in here. And then to kind of have you guys recognize what had happened with that over time and then back it up put this money into the habitat restoration and conservation basically mm-hmm. and now we're seeing numbers we've never seen before right i mean that's incredible it's a pretty yeah. cool story yeah
0: and turkeys aside i mean just driving out here like there was populations of everything mm-hmm. right in an area that to the naked eye looks very arid and not welcoming at all um there's life abound and it's really awesome
6: for yeah. sure yeah yeah so it's just a once again it's What tell, tell
0: talk about so fire is super controversial right now for whatever reason I, I know there's some schools of thought that people think that you know wrong time of year nests get burnt stuff like that and apparently professionals don't take into account these metrics and they're just burning everything which obviously i'm being sarcastic and is not true but out here in the West, fire is important in a controlled environment because unlike the, North, the Northeast or the, the Northwest where you have these like almost rainforest type environments where the, the earth slowly, uh, you know, with fungi and moss and just like it's wet all the frigging time. The stuff doesn't burn, but it slowly disintegrates. Out here, it's bone dry It's a tinderbox. So one strike of lightning, one errant spar, like ah. Oh.
6: Especially the last few years, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and, in, and fire you know, out here. In a well, fire's fire always been important, important right? Yeah. I mean, it's part of nature. Sure. It's just since the like, the more humans have been prevalent on the planet, we've tried to stop it because of our own selfish reasons. But you know, now that we're here, we've learned all the benefits fire has. The problem is, is through our progression and kind of expansion, we're now in these areas that Mother Nature probably would love to clean up on her own, but we continue to stop them. And so so now we're kind of in this complex place of like, we know fire's healthy, but we've encroached on so much habitat now that we continue to stop that fire. So I guess in my opinion, (laughs) fire, we know it's... an a key tool to conservation and rebolstering habitats and bringing nutrients back in. And I mean, you can see it like in places where they can't control fire so much, like super steep mountainous regions, you see a fire come through and that next spring, I mean, that's where you want to be bear hunting. Yeah. You know, the bears love it and the, the, all of it, the, the, the cows are in there giving calves and Mm -hmm. it's just, you see all kinds of nature in there. Now it doesn't look pretty like you know, to the eye. But it greens
0: up pretty quick that next year.
6: It does, but, like, the big timber, you know, doesn't come back. And so it's like this skeleton forest of these huge, tall trees that didn't fully burn, so they're kind of blackish, charred, grayed skeletons of a tree with no life on it. Mm. And then this super green, lush, undergrowth.
0: undergrowth. Everything wants to eat it.
6: And with time, yeah, I mean, that's just nature's cycle, but... I mean, like so many things, man has kind of gotten in the way of this. And yeah. once again, in my opinion, I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Like from Ohio, I guess, you know, you're a different region. <clears throat> yeah. How does fire relate to you guys?
4: Well, I, I think I think whether it's Ohio or here, it's also the opposite of that. It's man that's actually starting more of these fires, too, because we're taking up more of these these spaces. And mm. there's more fire than there were you know 40 50 100 years ago so as much as we're stopping them and 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 causing these issues by stopping them we're also causing these issues by starting more fires
6: like too. purposely Purp- or no no or no just
4: not purposely just just because there's too many of us in these regions you know yeah like
6: the bridgers fire yeah the bridgers mm-hmm. fire is a
4: great example actually right that was a hiker or or whatever mm-hmm. and and so I, we don't, we don't see it. We don't see nowhere's near the fires. You guys back to your point, the, the moisture levels. Yeah.
0: You're, you're the same it's, as
4: us. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So it doesn't really affect us, you know, uh, in, in that portion. We're in region, more of a
0: control burn situation absolutely. where there's too much crap on the bottom. And, and we're
4: looking to, to, to reclaim, yeah, yeah. Enhance and reclaim. Yeah. So it's, it's completely different, but that's just my perspective of, what you guys have going on i think i hear more stories of like these accidents from hikers and people that aren't you know uh necessarily cognizant of what, th- what they should be careful of when they're hiking in or your camping. area or just no overall overall okay yeah yeah
5: <clears throat> yeah yeah what's your opinion yeah. oh I was sam <laughs> well just through that you know basically 80 years of full fire suppression you know smokey the bear and stop you know only yeah. you can prevent forest yeah, fires yeah. and stop like putting out all fires what we've done is created these massive tinder boxes Mm -hmm. like you were saying everything dries out and so when you do have even a natural fire it's way bigger and more aggressive than it would have been Mm -hmm. had nature run its course um you know growing up on the great plains like we didn't deal with fire all that much unless it was a you know you would have a huge grassland fire if it was if we were in a drought but um it wasn't until i moved west that i really understand like the real power of fire and, you know even a couple of years ago i was filming a bear hunt with my brother in the fall and we watched um there was a forest fire that was just to the south of us and it it, it was sitting right around i think it was like it was had, had burned like fifteen thousand acres and in a single day it burned an additional fifteen thousand acres and we got to watch it happen and it looked like you know like a giant mushroom cloud and just like seeing that shoot up into the sky and seeing how powerful that was was pretty amazing. Um, and so you, you have these, basically the entire West needs to burn at some point. It's just going to, it's going to be ugly for a while. So mm-hmm. I think it's important
0: yeah. to bring this up, right? Because there's so many competing thoughts. Well, it really, there's two schools of thoughts on it. If either fire is good, fire is bad, but it really depends on where you live mm-hmm. and what the motivations are behind it. And And out here, I think it's so important to have that forest management because if not, you, you you've created this this atomic bomb, this ticking time bomb, just waiting. And when it goes off, there's no controlling of it. And now it does encroach into these suburban areas as 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 man, you know, uh, reaches out into these wild places, complains about cougars and bears and coyotes being in their backyard. But I, I digress because <laughs> we're we're moving into wilderness and we don't manage it. And I just think that's an important point to bring up because in the east and in the southeast, you know, people have their thoughts on it and that does not hold the same truth out here Mm -hmm. and you see the result of it you know when you walk the landscape i can remember coming out uh, many years ago with my wife before we had kids and we went and did our yellowstone tour a week and a half and you saw the giant fire uh scars on the landscape from the late 80s fire and it was still prevalent in the 2000s like Mm -hmm. some stuff went down here uh, Mm -hmm. like crazy but again it was this buildup of bad management and if not if you had this management it may not have been so catastrophic Mm -hmm. which ultimately as we look at turkey populations and bring it back to you know your your flora and fauna like a lot of stuff would have survived if not you know for for good management right Mm -hmm. yep it takes years to recoup that and how how do you how do you recover that and that's a huge effort for man agency
5: and and dollars yeah yeah it's a lot of money that needs to go well and if
6: you look at like you know the lifespan of the earth that's fine if you got all the time in the world so to speak but with our selfish reasons we don't you know we don't have enough time for the the population growth and all that to sort of wait and so yeah it is catastrophic even though it's a beautiful thing i guess you know so in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's a good thing, and people losing their houses. I, I yikes, think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, and there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, seven point seven billion or whatever it is that we're at now and climbing on this rock, and there's no place to go. Everybody sitting in this tent would all like to sit here and look at these microphones and any cameras watching and being mm-hmm. like, "Stop! No more!" It, but you yeah. know, what do you tell the individual? I want to have my my two and a half acres and my colonial, and mm-hmm. I want to live my life. Yeah. Where do you go? There's only so many two and a half acre lots until you start encroaching on
4: right. what's mm-hmm. out here. Yep. It's a fact. How many homes are they rebuilding in the, through the bridge or Canyon there? I mean, we came up like yesterday, 30,
6: some, 30, some yeah.
4: homes that burnt to the ground and they're just rebuilding them and more. It looked like to me. Well, and yeah, the more. There's a lot more out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a popular spot
2: yeah. to
0: be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not uh, Not to digress on the the fire thing, uh, but I wanted to ask because the the, the land use laws are are different out here. And Jason and I kind of, he educated me a little bit. So we were, or are on, let me get it right, block management. Mm -hmm. I have it right? Yeah. So what is that?
6: It's basically a program set up through the montana fish wildlife and parks that incentivizes ranchers to allow public uh, people onto their property and there's different levels of it some levels are reservation for a certain amount of days through contacting them through the phone some of it is you can sign up in a box and as many people sign up to that box that day can go but the uh, fish wildlife and parks pays them for the amount of people they let on, basically, and just opens up more ground for people to go. So it's private land that is essentially treated like public in many ways
0: through incentive and incentive. Yep. And then
6: yes. the land Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Jeez. Yep.
0: laughs> it's so like it, in current use back home. Yeah, go ahead.
5: It'd be like a uh, walk in area. You know, if, if anybody listening is from the Great Plains area, or, you know, Midwest, there's a lot of walking area in Nebraska, Kansas, South Dakota, North Dakota. North Dakota has the plots program, which is private land open to sportsmen. Um, it's basically just a state run way to open up more access for people since there's, you know, less places to go.
0: So is a Montana like, like texas is it almost exclusively
5: privately owned or what's the no, situation out here no uh, montana has a lot of public land okay talk uh, about it what percent do you remember percentage? where's our I'll onyx ask, guys i'll ask the audience Come yeah like
6: pull up the pull up app onyx. real quick yeah let's get a little answer in numbers <laughs> hold please i'd be willing to bet it's like a couple hundred acres a <laughs> public land, yeah, couple hundred yeah. Right. I mean, in the region next to Glacier, it's uh, I'd
4: say on the plus side,
6: tad. Well, and and to further you know, beyond just the block management, we're also mixed in here with BLM, right? right. BLM, which is state, the Bureau of Land yep. Management, yep. yeah, it's state land. Up. Yep,
0: dive into that because again, people east of the Mississippi primarily have no idea. Or have only anecdotally heard of it or if they're on social media and they follow certain programs uh, profiles they've heard of this border crossing controversy or this Mm -hmm. corner crossing controversy they've heard of blm but really don't have an appreciation for it and i think it's important and i've said this uh, on the program in the past that from coast to coast we understand what all of us are dealing with so we can all support each other because it's not we don't operate in these silos in our in our community we all need to rise up and support each other so when we're sitting in Maryland or New Hampshire and we hear about BLM issues or we hear about corner crossing issues, even though it doesn't affect us over there, we need to understand why it's important. So talk to the audience about so what that all means. You
4: have an answer, just Zach. Go. You have an answer. Zach. So
6: thirty percent is federally owned. Thirty percent of Montana state, is owned. Which is about
5: twenty seven million
6: acres. Twenty seven million, million acres. acres federally owned.
5: Just federal, not state.
6: Okay. So what is that yeah. like you got to And every just commission. to give people a, an idea, at a bare minimum every section 36 across our state is a state-owned piece of property. Mm. Um if you understand the grid yeah. system, but yeah, every section 36 is a state piece. Huh. What's that, Tim? 16 and 36. Okay. So, so, what mm, does that so mean? With within, within right. every township yeah. uh, and range, there's two sections, which is 640 acres. A section is public property, basically. Now, some of that is landlocked. A lot of it, yep, uh, which is publicly owned property that is inside the boundaries of private, so you can't access it by foot um, hmm. unless you have. Permission from the landowner, of course. It, I mean, it's it's pretty complex. You almost have to be an attorney.
3: There's a lot of to, rules out here, yeah,
6: to understand oh, the yeah. dynamics of the different land, um, who owns them, how they're controlled, how they connect, how you can access them, what you can do when you do access them, whether it's foot only, vehicle. I mean, there's so much to it. Yeah, these are there really details,
0: is. especially for the would-be turkey hunter that's wanting to pursue something like this. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to keep coming back to turkeys. And, and um, well, that's I why, we're, want to make us that's why we're here. That's we That's kind well, of like yeah. your deal, here, right? <laughs> right? But I mean, it's deeper than that, and, it, and it's more multifaceted. But all right, for the turkey hunter that wants to come out here and try to have their hand at a Miriam's these are important details to know because it's not, you just can't roll out here. I mean, um, unless you know somebody or you have a connection, like it's just, you're just not going to find a piece of public land. I think just by pulling up like a, a gazetteer or something like that. And I think that's good. But even, but even then it's, it's a little nuanced, right? Like you got to know what pieces you're looking at. It's not you just do. that. I mean, simple. it's
6: so vast. No. Yeah. Especially up around glaciers. Oh, dude, you know
4: what I mean? Where we are here. Oh, <laughs> it,
6: big mountain regions big. and they stretch for miles. Yeah, just so vast. But no, um, <laughs> to your point, it is. I guess I've been born and raised in it. So, Tom, you could probably better answer this question. Like I've sort of like been grandfathered in. I I had people that showed me.
4: I mean, I don't, I don't want to paint the you know, it's it's not over it's not overwhelming. I mean, if if you're passionate enough about it, and you you dig into it, uh, and I know all joking aside, on X is is the perfect way to educate yourself Agreed. on what is what. Yeah, I mean, because you say, well, knowing what is what. Well, what's the difference between BLM and BMA and and state and and all that. Well, once you once you dig in and learn that, then it's all painted for you on that app. So mm-hmm. once you know what's block management versus what's BLM versus what state, well, then it's just as easy as looking at the color of the overlay on the map. It it really is quite simple. So th- yeah, there's a little bit of education there on the forefront of it. But once you dig, if you if you want to do it bad enough, you're going to dig in and you're yeah. going to learn that. And it's not overwhelming um honestly and yeah they make it quite easy uh when i pulled up the map today i saw almost nothing but of course up there by glacier i saw nothing <laughs> nothing but blm so i knew for as far as my feet were going to take me for my morning hunt i was going to be on blm yeah. yeah uh and any anything else that was in the area was was painted on the map so i don't know i mean it sounds difficult when you start talking about all these and you know abbreviations and all that but it's really not it really isn't it, sh- it shouldn't deter people uh from coming out and giving it you know giving it a try if you're not from here
5: yeah and if you're doing it wrong there's probably somebody that'll tell you
4: yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah
5: yeah, yeah. somebody'll stop you jason
4: you, you want to give your spot. email or anything like
5: that? <laughs> <laughs> no i you know go go on. On. jason Tom at
6: tom@worldsgreatestprostaffer.com <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> I,
5: I didn't grow up in the west and so moving moving from places where you know my public land experience was very small pieces of land. I mean, it was a lot of like quarter sections, half sections of stuff, a lot of state-owned management areas. Um, and then coming out west and and being able to roam on, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of acres um, was a pretty eye-opening experience. So like Tom said, like once you get the, you know, get on X and, and start looking at where you're thinking about going, maybe call a biologist and figure out if there's actually birds in that area, if you're going turkey hunting or whatever you might be chasing. Um, once you kind of understand the layering system, it's, it's not too hard mm-hmm. to figure out. Um, you know, there is some trickiness when you get feet on the ground, there right. might There might be roads that, uh, don't connect through, or, you know, it's a it's private land where they have a gate or whatever that you can't pass through if there's landlock stuff. But once you, yeah, it's, uh, once you find the access, it's not too hard.
0: I did find it very easy navigating my way to here. And I, right? Admittedly yeah. I'm on the plane and I'm, and I'm trying to scout this out mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, I suck at directions. I am just terrible at navigation and this looks just ominous, but
4: inevitably I, I got here. here and, yep. um, you killed a bird in less than 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, kicking kick ass is Let's what I Let's be honest. So, I, mean, I I got Onyx
0: licked. <laughs> I don't, I barely know how to use it. <laughs> Which a whole another series of podcasts to come. Yeah. No Dylan kidding. is all over it. Aren't you? <laughs> yes, sir.
4: Um, well i'm gonna go kill a bird in the morning i don't know you oh you guys are all tagged
5: out yeah, I said, oh, no, yeah not but you. I think you not you I, jason i think you two should go kill birds in the morning
4: i think we should too yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna go where you were this hike this mountain climbing birds as hikers <laughs> i wouldn't go
5: find the hikers <laughs> no yeah.
4: that we're gonna no. leave the hikers alone yeah i'm gonna go get the ones that are just pocketed up in a little corner somewhere <laughs> <laughs> get me a glacier bird the birds roam pretty
0: unencumbered out here. And, you know, there's no crazy predation from what I can tell in this area of Glacier National Park, and which is remarkable <laughs> considering the wolf population. But, um, no, they they thrive pretty well out here.
6: They yeah. I mean, I kind of going back to what we were saying before, we've never really seen populations this high and it's kind of crazy. It goes back to just the whole you know, hunting is conservation thing. I mean, I've never seen this many hunters on the landscape either. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not just us being successful. Somebody was saying they rolled up on a father and son that had a. Yeah. yesterday. This guy's sir, from On right? Yep. Yeah. We you actually guys. heard the gunshot. Yeah. And <laughs> that's father awesome. and son out yeah, here really had a cool. bird down. So
4: we got a camp right down behind ours here mm-hmm. that, that hasn't been there in five years. So. Yeah, it's a good thing. So
6: yeah. I mean hopefully we continue to see these numbers. I know turkeys are a little more susceptible to things like winter than elk and mm-hmm. hard springs and things, but it's been great and having everybody here and continuing on this tradition is really special and you know it's it's just cool every year to see the stories roll in and hear the first and the excitement on people that have never seen the white tips of Mariam's, you know, and yeah. So we'll keep it going as long as we can. And
0: we did a a, a series called Kent culture last year, and I think we're doing it again. And I, I wish we had a film crew here. Outside of what you guys are all doing, so wish there was a camera. I mean, for for the love of God, (laughs) somebody would just document (laughs) in a in a completely like six hand way, right? Because Hmm. what's happening in here is, without overstating it, is is truly magical. Is to get so many different people here from all over the country to be in this one place, and you know, I watched it yesterday. Today, we're doing it right now. And the exchange of camaraderie and stories and, and, and tips and tactics and just the sharing that's going on and the genuine caring amongst all these men and and one lady. Um, It's pretty awesome, man. I mean, everyone's friendly here and we all know each other. Most of us are getting to know each other. But as soon as you show up here, if you're new, you're immediately welcome. Mm-hmm. And it's hi, how are you? Who are you? And I want to know everything about you and things like that. I think that speaks volumes about our community. I think that speaks volume about the traditional camp culture and and having that in a family or in, in some sort of part of your life. Like if if hunting wasn't a part of your life and you ever like wanted it and understood that it was something you were missing, like this is the part. This is that mm-hmm. that that common denominator. Like this this being together and people coming and setting aside the, the the rigors even though we're all still on our phones still doing stuff but ultimately quieting the noise and just being in this moment you know getting to know fellow human beings and, and exchanging yeah. um <coughs> ideas and thoughts and brotherhood and you know it, it sounds kitschy but it's not and it's important mm-hmm. and, and in a world gone mad especially over the last two years i, I feel like what we have here in this camp is ultimately what gets us through and continues to go. And then what we pass down to our kids or our nieces and nephews and grandkids and all that, like yeah. this is the stuff that matters The stuff on the phones, the stuff on the TV, it's all white noise,
4: Absolutely. but
0: the stuff we're, we're experiencing here this week or for a couple of days. And we take those memories and those experiences home to our communities. And then we pass those on, or there's some sort of influence or something rubs off here. And we bring that, Yeah. that's a, big damn thing, man. And again, yeah. I don't want to overstate it or sound like I'm being uh, hyperbolic, but I'm not. And not. I, I believe in what I'm saying. Like this stuff is real.
4: It's it's I, I'm, I'm going to real last year. I brought a friend of mine out who's in his mid sixties and you know, he's technology's way behind him. He's, you know, flip phone. He was afraid to even come because he said, they're not going to like me. I'm not on your level. I don't know anything about what you do. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. And he got here and within six hours exactly to your point is what he said he, he he was just like everybody welcomed me in like i was a brother you know and when he left here he had tears in his eyes yeah. a 62 year old carpenter who's as gritty and as raw as you can imagine he's tearing his eyes going "I these people are like my best friends you know and uh and and i think that's what this camp is about it's why i'm here today it's why we're all so fortunate to be a part of it and and to be honest with you i mean yeah to all goes back to Jason for starting this and for it standing for everything that it is, uh, me getting that invite and then being able to pass it on to my buddy last year, my buddy this year, everybody in this room, you're not being, that is what this camp is about. It's exactly what it's about. It's not the turkeys. You know, uh, it's about this right here in this room. Everybody over here is hanging their heads, including myself, ready to go to bed. But we won't. And and, and you know what? You mentioned the cell phone thing. Yeah, we all got to work. Unfortunately, we make our life, we make our living on that cell phone. But I can count on one hand how many cell phones I've seen popped out in the last 36 hours. And there's still not, well, actually one over there tim uh, just uh, way to go i <laughs> you called him out <laughs> i know just just tim over there but I, you don't see them you see them tonight around the campfire there was guitars yeah. and conversation in this room there's conversation around the the birch barrels over there, as they're cooking dinner there's people helping and cleaning and cooking it's what camp should be about mm-hmm. period yep. so Thank you, Jason. Yeah, Jason. Thank 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 you,
6: Jason.
5: No, no. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Jason has put together a pretty special, pretty special camp. So he has.
0: And what's more is, uh, and I'll get even more kitschy, you know, for me personally, Jason and Lance are always going to be a part of my story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I I tell stories. You tell stories. You tell stories. You tell stories. You guys get that. And, and that's what we are. We're storytellers and we perpetuate our culture through these stories, the, the digital campfire, the actual campfire. Yeah. This is what we've done since the dawn of time, since we lived in freaking rock caves and, you know, people went out and came back and told the story. Yep. That's what we do. That's what motivates us, what gets us excited, our, our adrenaline pumping. You are always going to be a part of my history. You are always going to be a part of my history. You, there's nothing God or, or anybody in this room can do to take that away. You're yep. always going to be a part of, of my story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is freaking awesome to me. I think that's amazing. And uh,
4: again, I, it, I heard you say, if I could, you, you were skinning that bird tonight because you're going to mount them.
0: Uh, I'm going to do the the you're tail the, and the, the back. Okay. Cake.
4: Let's see how that bird's going to be displayed here. Yeah, yeah. You're going to tell that story. hundred percent. You know, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know? it
0: is really yeah, cool. And for is. people that are out there, you know, going after their 49th state super slam. Yeah. Imagine how many people are affecting those stories and what right, that, yeah. that lineage looks like yeah. and
6: I would be willing to bet part of that story is going to be that he heard turkey calling skills today oh like <laughs> he's unmatched never heard. that he has probably never heard GMCC and I'm willing to bet <laughs> look out I'm other. willing to bet that's true Matt Stewart
0: Matt Stewart and NMTF mark it down now it <laughs> Matt down Singer down is now.
6: coming
4: it's Matt Singer right
0: Singer yeah. there's,
4: there's a hard G in there
6: yeah right? <laughs> (laughs) I mean, I respected him, but then I I laid it on. You laid it on. It was was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) No, today was awesome. Couldn't have went any better. And uh, the trees out here full of, what, six birds hanging? Yeah, six yeah. birds hanging. It's pretty Six birds in one pretty day. Pretty good
5: ornaments out there. It is. And it yeah. was 40 it looks... mile per hour winds
4: yeah. today. Yeah, it wasn't the ideal. Heck? No, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. The yeah. first four hours of the day maybe was ideal, and the rest just sucked, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but we still yeah. got into birds.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know. So who well, all did get birds in? Uh, today? So yeah, I, today.
5: I killed a bird. Dylan killed a bird. Trevor killed a bird, and Tim killed a bird, and Willie, yeah, and and you, Fred, Fred. and Fred.
4: Okay, is that six? Did anybody count? count? I I think that's six. And then
5: Corey killed one yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, yep. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah.
4: And the and the record before this, if I'm not mistaken, two. No, well, seven total. Seven total. One day record was two prior to this nice. and it's six now <laughs> just smoked yeah, the one day record
0: two elk sheds and like a handful of muley sheds oh and yeah on top of it did you see really
4: shed did hmm. he show you his shed it's just the tip <laughs> <laughs> good find he was so jacked about it it's just the tip it's all about right. this big it's all yeah he was excited about it <laughs> Ah, oh, turkey camp. Turkey camp. Wall it. tent turkey yeah, camp. wall yep. tent turkey uh, camp.
0: We do got to give big ups to Corey, uh, camp chef, because- We do. Birch we barrel do. Uh, abound Ridiculous. times two. These things are awesome, and I'm not doing a paid endorsement here, but I think they kick ass, and uh, I need one for my He porch. kicks ass.
4: Yeah, he's good <laughs> at what he does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Insane.
6: Did you guys have the breakfast sandwich this morning? Yes.
5: -hmm. I'm still thinking about it. Right. (laughs) You
6: want another? Trevor, (laughs) you're the only one that missed out on the breakfast sandwich. Oh, Trevor.
4: That's (laughs) because he killed like a mid-morning bird. That's why he came back late, right? Or no, midday bird. You didn't even come back for lunch. No, he didn't. He never came back. Stud. Man. (laughs) Yep. He gets like, he just rolled back we get to put his picture up like turkey hunter of the month. <laughs> <laughs>
5: so he, 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 got, he got to watch three birds die today.
4: Really? Yeah. That that that's day. another record. All three of them? Yeah. Should, we should yep. start a record book. <laughs> that's definitely the record. You're this is the first ever podcast.
0: <laughs> no, I already said I'm leaving out of the truck.
4: Is it? Can <laughs> we ever well, a podcast here? I got to do a podcast before I leave here. Have Are we? The, Are you? I have all the gear.
6: I automatically include myself. Yeah, Are we? <laughs> or, no, Just we're going to play. do it. Yeah. Um, no, remember That's we correct. recorded one one time that never got <clears throat> oh. put on because it
4: was- There may have been bevvies. And <laughs> there was- That didn't sound <laughs> Some smile. of the greatest podcasts <laughs> <Yeah>. ever created. <laughs> I think I our buddy sent Ben
0: it, O'Brien knows a thing or two about <laughs> <that>. Oh,
4: yeah. <laughs> yep. sent it to Jason. I'm like, so I don't know- you, ah. You tell me. And he's like, yeah, no. I no. was
6: <laughs> no, yeah, like, not. we've worked our whole professional career <laughs> to be in the upper echelon and this just let's doesn't not, fit Let's there. just
4: not hear <laughs> that one. I'm like, you know, I kind of knew that was what you were going to say, but we're just throwing it your way anyway. You start a subscription only service. Yeah, and that's <laughs>
0: only. Get in on that for $15 a month. You can have access.
5: <laughs>
0: At Glacier National Park. Glacier. Yeah. yeah. No, only, only pods. Only pods, yeah, (laughs) Jason. Everybody, thanks so much for, yeah, uh, for all of this. I mean, in totality, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for thank you creating this little panel here and contributing, uh, for your messages to the NWTF audience. Uh, Thank you, Jason, for everything. Thank you guys for your time. It is time to get back, uh, to the fire or retire to our cots, uh, because it's it's been a long day. So, um, that's all from the wall tent turkey camp here in Glacier National Park. (laughs) Good luck to everybody. (laughs) Getting after it. Make sure you sign up for Onyx. Use the Onyx after you find Glacier National Park. That's all. Take care, guys. (laughs) Again, thanks so much to Jason um, for the privilege and uh, the honor of sharing that sacred space uh, with him, his friends, uh, my uh, the opportunity to catch up with old friends, make new friends. It, it's um, it's cool, man. And this is you know that that camp culture, that tradition, whether it's in a log cabin or a wall tent, or you know you're you're pulling up a piece of public land via Onyx and just popping a tent with your buddies or you know your wife or whatever the hell it is. I mean. Community, and that's a running theme uh, through the next couple episodes as well. It's just that that camaraderie, that togetherness. Why, as human beings, we crave it. Um, Even us introverts, (laughs) we we still crave it on a level. And when you get into these places and you have these experiences, and people become part of your story and your history, that's that's what makes us human. That's what makes us us. Um, You can post everything in the world on social media and and have this polished look uh, but which you I don't think you can accurately describe or or convey through those screens as the in-person experience and being amongst friends and family so um certainly has its place but there is no substitute there is no substitute for sitting around a campfire and joining your, your your friends and family on the ground for something that, you know, is just so incredibly special. So uh, again, thank you to everybody for contributing. And thank you to Jason for allowing myself, uh, the NWTF in, and to be able to talk about the fantastic work that continues on the ground in that, that area of the country and highlight uh, exactly that. Guys, now more than ever, your membership means everything to our organization our organization does not exist without its membership help the Yelp is ongoing I mentioned uh, the Trek for turkeys but by the time you're hearing this is is over but you know if you're still hunting and you want to still hashtag Trek for turkeys or turkey Trek and do that that's part of that community we want to see that um, the Meteor crew will will have uh, likely selected a winner for their package, but, you know, that motivation doesn't stop. So, you know, if you want to engage socially, do so. Let us know you're out there. I encourage you. I implore you. I beg you all. Go sign up for that membership, man. If you're renewing, renew it put it on a, there may be and I need to look into this I think there's a way to auto renew uh, I'll talk to my my good friends uh, down at headquarters that can better answer that I probably should know that but I, I don't I myself am a life mem- member so it automatically renews I, d- I don't ever run out so that's why I don't really think about it but if that's something you're considering um, you know hit hit us up uh, just send us a message um, socially or otherwise and 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 we can get I'll get that answer for you for next week uh, when we sit down and talk with uh, with Jan- Anna waller at the um the campsite there bring someone new in we you know we mentioned it 3.1 roughly million turkey hunters and we're not even we're not even courting 10 percent of that right now so we gotta we gotta be better as a community and um you know, for thirty five bucks, man. I mean, you're getting a lot of the benefits, uh, but the opportunity to turn your thirty five dollars into five times that amount on average is just that's powerful stuff, and um, you can feel good about knowing that that is happening. Um, if anyone questions that, you you can more than you're more than welcome to go on line look at the uh, the nonprofit watchdog groups out there you know we rate very well as an organization and it says everything it's all transparent there's no top secret information you know 86 cents on every dollar is going back into the mission that's pretty awesome not a lot of uh, organizations can can boast those numbers and I suspect as membership increases as we continue to get back to what we were doing and getting out of the way of this last uh, two-year speed bump um, more than a speed bump a freaking mountain but we're 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 on the downside of it we're 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 leveling out and we're getting back to what it is we do i suspect that that number will improve um to where it was pre-pandemic so um go sign up for the membership guys it's there um for you to to renew to bring new friends in and i say it all the time if you're mentoring somebody this spring sign them up man that's 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 Part of that that process, you're you bringing them out, you got them to the step of, of sitting in a blind or sitting under a tree with you, maybe even gets to pull the trigger and go through that whole process. The last part of that, after they break the bird down, prepare it for smoking or grilling or whatever the heck they're going to do with their bird, cherry on the cake, a membership to the National Wild Turkey Federation. Make that a priority. Make that happen. Those magazines, the resource library, the connection to the community- will aid you in that follow-through of retaining that person you mentored over this spring and and over the last fall to get them to this point, right? Knowing there's a sense of community, knowing that there's a ton of resources and you're not shouldering all of that pressure. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot to be one resource for an individual. But when you can multiply that by our entire membership and what it is, our great department, uh, communications department and and, and web designers have put together and, and have at your fingertips, that's powerful too. So, Get after it. This is a long out here, guys, but I feel it's important. We're coming to the end of turkey season, and um, again, this is people are going to start thinking about barbecues and, and traveling and such. And I get that. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, you know, we're bird brains, twelve months out of the year, thirteen months out of the year. Um, you get my point there. But you know, not everybody is, is is constantly thinking. So while it's on your mind, make it a priority sign up for your membership renew that membership today thank you to our sponsor tetra our title sponsor for supporting this show once again uh, i hope you guys laughed along with this one Uh Next time when we sit down with Jana, uh, some some um, some tech tips. We're starting out with uh, we get a little deep, uh, actually a lot deep, uh, pretty powerful stuff. And then we round it off with some lightheartedness. So uh, Jana's always a great guest, always good to hear from her. So I hope uh, you look forward to hearing from her. And then uh, we'll round it out in Georgia, and then uh, hopefully we'll have some some fun guests to round out turkey season and then we're into the fall uh, into summer and hope to bring you guys some really amazing sound and episodes from the turkey symposium this happens only so many years every uh, i think it's five years Uh, a lot of these uh, professionals get together and and talk about the state of the wild turkey and where we're at it's gonna be some good stuff deep dive that i think y'all are gonna love so that's all coming Stay safe out there, guys. Thanks for hanging with me on this out. This is a long out, uh, but you know I felt it important to uh, to sit here and, and kind of beat a drum because it's uh, we need to be loud and we need to be proud. And, and the more folks we have beating that drum, the better things get uh, for the wild turkey and uh, for our our experience as a field. Wherever you are at uh, in this great country, love each other, take care of each other. It is mental. Health Awareness Month, take care of yourselves. Trust me, it is worth it. Take care of yourselves. If you need the help, get the help. Lean on your brothers, your sisters, your friends in the turkey community are are here to lift you up. That's it, guys. 10 minute out. Thanks for hanging with me. We will see you next time with Jana Waller. Take care.
2: Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops in Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com slash conservation.
3: This is Jason Hart, co-founder of Nomad Outdoor, and I'm here to welcome you to the Turkey Call all-access podcast hosted by my good buddy Fred Bird. At Nomad, we're constantly innovating to keep you more effective in the field. Check out our new 2022 Nomad turkey products, including our innovative bull lounger turkey vest, our new mesh-like pant, and our bino harness system designed with a turkey hunter in mind. Also, for you whitetail, waterfowl, and western big-game hunters, keep a lookout for new products coming later this summer by Nomad. Nomad, gear that hunts.
1: Picture this, the sky full of birds, a good dog by your blind, and the pinnacle of reliability in your hands. When the entire experience relies on the moment that trigger is pulled, your shotgun better be nothing less than perfect. Benelli's Super Black Eagle 3. dominate the skies.